Hey, welcome to week number five. This is a big finale uh, of our series that we've been calling New Year, New You. And, and we've just been looking at uh, just a number of things from God's Word uh, of really that are going to be really important for me and for you if we're going to fulfill God's plan and purpose for each of us this year and, and really step into everything that He has uh, for us. And uh, specifically today, um, I, I want to talk about something that I, I think maybe be a, how would I put it, it's a little counterintuitive, if you will, not necessarily something we may think of that is so important for our spiritual health and, and our spiritual well-being. However, the Bible talks so much about it, and, and that is the whole idea of joy. And so today I want to talk about choose joy. Joy is a choice uh, that you and I have to make, and uh, we have to make that almost on a daily basis, I, I really think, especially when we're hearing, you know, uh, um, another you know, bad report about this, or a friend who's suffering this way, you know, or, or something like that. Real easy to just pass on bad news, but we have to make an effort, or, or that choice, that decision as Christians, um, to choose joy. And, and I really think right now, uh, the time in which we're living, the uh, enemy's working overtime to suppress joy. Uh, the joy that should be evident and obvious in the life of any and every Christian. It, it's kind of like part of the package deal that, that Jesus died for, for you uh, and, and for me. And so, you know, I, I, I remember during the shutdown, uh, Earlier in 2020, uh, the stay-home order, when we learned, uh, Susie and I heard that it was actually okay if you got in your car and you drove around, as long as you didn't, like, get out, stop, get out of the car somewhere, uh, and, and so we would literally go for joyride and it was like the greatest thing ever because you know we hadn't been out of the house in so long and, and and we would just get in the car and we would just drive and it was it brought us great joy I mean it was literally a joyride you hear that saying right uh you know you're just joyriding uh maybe teenagers in the first car or something like that what I want to do today is is just uh really take you for a joyride through the bible because there's so much that the Bible has to say. God is telling us about it's important to have joy and, and to choose joy. And, and I want to just take you a joy ride through the Bible. This isn't going to be exhaustive because there's just scripture after scripture after scripture that talks about joy. So let's choose joy. That's the first thing. We've got to begin by choosing joy. I mean, think about it uh, for just a minute. One of my favorite verses in all the Bible, John 10, 10, Jesus said, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to destroy your joy and my joy. And Jesus says, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. And that full life is a life of joy. And as we're going to learn, it has nothing to do with if it's good times or bad times. We can have joy in the midst of uncertain times, difficult and bad. And, and so this is what Jesus came to, to give us, the full life. Not just in the sweet by and by in heaven, but that you and I would experience it right here on earth. But we have to choose to walk in the joy of the Lord. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, also an important verse, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And, and, and I don't know about you, but I think, you know, maybe some of you are like me. Uh, I've experienced way too many Christians that it seems like they were baptized in pickle juice. You know, that their face looks like their favorite thing is just sucking on lemons. 
that, that maybe they have gone to church for a long, long time, but no one around them would ever describe them. Maybe they've been a Christian for 30 years. No one would describe them as being a joyous person. And so it really makes you wonder if they're a new creator, that old, sour, negativity, glasses half empty, sunny today, but I know it's going to rain tomorrow mindset, that is contrary to the mind of Jesus Christ, the mindset that we're supposed to have as new creations. The old is gone, the new is here. And what that means is you and I have to choose joy. And as we start out just kind of introducing this idea of joy, I want to share with you the divine order of joy. The divine order of joy and where it comes from and why it's so important. And you'll see in the notes here in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, speaking of Jesus and when he came and what he was motivated by, it says, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses, that's up in heaven, those who have gone before us, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and Moses, and, and, and Paul, and Peter, and, and all those, not just in the Bible, all those who have died with their faith in Christ Jesus, they're witnessing, they're like, come on, you can do it too, and you can choose joy. That's one of the things I think they're, they're encouraging us. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, and that weight can be sin. That weight can also be the weight of circumstances and worry and anxiety and fear. Slows us down. Slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And how, how many of you know that, that fear is a sin? Worry, anxiety, again, the Bible talks about that's not the way God created you and I. We talked about unforgiveness last week, bitterness last week. Those are all weights that slow us down. And let us run with endurance the race that God set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith, and watch how he did it. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. He, he knew that he was going to go through some things, but it was going to be joy at the end. It was going to bring him joy, Jesus' joy, to lay his life down for you and for me and, and to rise from the dead to pay the price for my personal sins and your personal sins so that you and I, when we receive that sacrifice, receive Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, that we come into a saving, thriving, life-giving relationship with God once again through Jesus Christ. And he knew that, that brought him joy. That brings him joy today. That's what motivated him was the joy of you and I walking in everything, laying aside the weight, and walking in the fullness that he came to give you and came to give me. Because of the joy awaiting for him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. And it goes on and says, think of all the hostility he endured from simple people, then you won't become weary and give up. Then, then, then we won't get so tired of looking at all the wrong things and we lose focus on Jesus. Jesus was focused on the joy of you and me. And you and I need to be focused on Jesus and we'll experience, we'll choose joy. That's how we choose joy every day. 
in our lives. And, and so it was actually uh, a friend of mine when I was coaching football uh, at high school actually shared this with me. He had all kinds of acronyms and what they stood for. And I want to just share with you, I'm not a big acronym guy, but I just remember that this is just awesome. Uh, joy is an acronym, and it really gives us the divine order of joy. And here's the first thing. First things first is Jesus. Jesus. We need to focus on Jesus. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 says, Seek first God's kingdom and what God wants, and then all your other needs will be met as well. When, when you and I, in this new year of 2021, we say, I'm putting Jesus first, what Jesus wants, you know what begins to happen? When we prioritize Jesus, we choose joy. We choose joy because it's part of who he is. It comes, it's the great package deal, the full life that he came to give, just like we read John 10, verse 10. And, and so first we prioritize Jesus, we, we do what he wants. Some translation says, seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness. What does righteousness mean? Doing what God wants, the way he wants it, when he wants it. Doing his will every day. And so focus on Jesus first. That's the first step in choosing joy. Here's the second one. Where's our secondary focus? On others. The O in joy is for others. In Acts chapter 20, verse 35, is a great example of this. In, in, the, uh, in, in the early church, the Apostle Paul, and it says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak. Remembering the words of our Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, this is kind of interesting. This is all the way in Acts chapter 20, but this is the only place that is not recorded in any of the Gospels that Jesus actually said that. But Paul quotes Jesus as saying that. And so at some point, when, when, when Jesus appeared to Paul, he gave him a download, and he said some stuff to him that, that the original 12 disciples didn't even hear. Pretty mind-blowing to think about. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And a lot of people don't realize you hear that around Christmas time, but Jesus is the one who said that originally. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And that brings joy when we, when we focus on Jesus first and then we focus on others. Now we're beginning to align ourselves, can I put it this way, on a, a joyous path. Jesus first, others second, and then what's the why? Yourself. I'm third. I'm third. I, I remember... Uh, reading a book in, when, when I was a young man about uh, Gail Sayers uh, and Brian Piccolo, their relationship, their running backs with the Chicago Bears, and Brian Piccolo died of, of, of cancer. But the title of the book is I Am Third. And, and Gail Sayers said, my, my friends and family are, uh, God is first, my friends and family are second, and I'm third. What a great perspective. I am third. First is Jesus, then others, and then myself. If, if we reverse this, if we're more focused on me, myself, and I, we will never experience the joy that Jesus came to give you and me. If we're looking at everybody else, but we don't put Jesus first, we'll try to fill that, that, that emptiness inside of our lives, inside of our hearts, with all kinds of other things, people, and relationships, and possessions. We'll never have that joy that, that Jesus wants you and I to experience. Jesus first, others second, yourself third. And, and 
First Peter chapter 5, verse 7 tells us how to do this. Give all your worries and cares to God. Why? For he cares about you. How do you know that? Because I'm putting Jesus first. I'm putting Jesus first. I'm being other-oriented after Jesus. And God's going to take care of me. And you know what? I, I can give him my worries. I can give him my cares. I, I can give him my anxieties. And he can take care of those for me. So important that we have kind of like the right alignment when it comes to joy, the, the, the joyous path ahead of us. You know, I've got a good friend uh, who's a chiropractor. He always talks about alignment. You, your spine has to, be al- you have to be in right alignment for everything to work the way it's supposed to. The way the, our bodies, the way God created them. That's the way it is with joy. Jesus first, others second, and yourself third and then you give all your worries and your cares to God and he'll take care of them and so really when it comes to joy and choosing joy we need to understand that it's a life-changing choice joy is a life-changing choice and there are really so many passages in the Bible that talk about joy Uh, we're scratching the surface here today but I, I found a real interesting one in all places, in the Old Testament of all places, in one of the prophets, which generally the prophets didn't have a lot of great news uh, to share. Uh, a lot of times it was judgment was coming and uh, you know, God was going to uh, allow the nation of Israel to be led into captivity. It wasn't necessarily flowery stuff. But the prophet Isaiah talks about joy in, in a couple of specific verses that, that is really powerful and and I want to share them just as a perspective on joy this life-changing choice Isaiah chapter 9 verse 2 through 3 look at what it says about joy and it just when when I began reading this and studying this it just reminded me of kind of like where we are right now our our culture our climate our, our nation the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. Well, I, I don't know about you, but man, that's, that's a prayer of my heart. God, increase my joy. Increase my joy. In, 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 in the middle of darkness, in, in the middle of a, of a culture that is moving as quickly as it can away from Christ, God, increase my joy because that's how my light shines in the middle of darkness. Increase their joy and they rejoice. You know what rejoice means? I've talked about this before. Rejoice means to remember previous joy. That's what it means to rejoice. Like do it again. Remember that. Rejoice. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. He's like, in the middle of darkness, what God wants to do is to bring joy into your life and my life, into our life together. And and you know what? It's going to be so great that it's almost going to be like, yeah, and people are like, how can they have joy? How is that even possible that they have so much joy, and yet look at what's going on around? This is one of the things that just always impresses me so much when uh, whenever Susie and I have that opportunity to go to our sister church uh, and uh, in Eastern Europe there, uh, in, in Moldova, and people that don't have hardly any earthly possessions, 
But you know what they have? I mean, it's a hard place. They've got joy. They, they've got just this different quality and characteristic of their life. Just incredible joy. And it reminds me, this passage reminds me of that. Joy. And, and it's like the warriors rejoice when dividing their plunder. When, when we put Jesus first, others second, and ourselves third, you know what? We realize our hearts become full of gratitude. And, and it's like we realize we win. <laughs> Look what Jesus did for us. And it's like a celebration victory party. That's the life that God wants you to experience and wants me to experience. But he's not going to force his joy on you. He's not going to force his joy on me. We have to choose to choose joy. Life-changing choice of joy. So let, let me ask you today, uh, could there be more joy in your life than you're experiencing right now? Could there be more joy in your marriage than your marriage has in it? What's the, what's the, the caliber of joy, the quotient of joy in your parenting right now? Could there be more joy on the job or are you just punching the clock? God wants you and I to experience joy. God, increase our joy in 2021, no matter what happens. You know, the older that I get, the I, I, I want to become more joyous as, as I continue to age because that in and of itself is not natural. Generally, without, without Jesus, you see people, they, they don't become more joyous as they age, as they get older. They, they become more cantankerous, more, more, more mean, more abrasive, more unkind. But, but Jesus can make us more joyous even as we get older. You know, Susan and I have just, we, we talked about it even when we were younger, in our 20s, when we got married. You know, we, we want to be one of those... <laughs> You've seen it before, one of those sweet old couples that you just see maybe they're in their late 70s, 80s, maybe even older, and, and they're just still in love, they're still walking hand in hand. Well, you know what, you don't get to that kind of joy in marriage if you don't have it when, when, when you're married 10 years, when you're married 20 years, when you're married 30 years, and so on and so forth. You have to choose that joy every day. So, so what, how much joy from God are you experiencing in your marriage? How much joy in your parenting? I remember joy, joyful, joyful, we adore thee. When we finally got our last little girl out of diapers that cost so much money. When we finally made that last uh, tuition payment, joyful, joyful. It's joyful, listen, there's so much joy. As those kids just get older and older, that's joy, joy. And then they become friends. Joy, joy. God wants, and, and, and we're going to be talking about this next week as we start the series, uh, short series, Relationship Goals. But, but I, I think one of the missing elements in, in many marriages that are supposed to be Christ-centered marriages is that the, well, there should be a lot of joy in them. And, and I'm afraid a lot of, we, we have a lot of marriages that are too Christians, but they're not necessarily Christ-centered marriages. Because when it's Christ-centered, when he's first, my spouse is second, others second, and I'm third, there's joy. There's a lot of joy in that. In fact, Proverbs chapter 5, verse 18 puts it this way. Let your wife be a fountain of blessing for you, 
Rejoice in the wife of your youth. Now the whole idea there is remember the joy. Remember, rejoice in the wife of your youth, hubby. Uh, Remember how it felt. Remember when it was so much joy back then and rejoice. Remember it. Bring the joy back into today even though you're not as young as you used to be and she's not as young as she used to be. Be loyal, be faithful, and be joyous right where you are. That's just a sample. We're going to be talking more about that over the next uh, uh, couple weeks. But, but I, I want to become more joyful the older that I want to, I want to rejoice even more uh, in my kids and in, in, in my parents. I remember uh, a vacation that we were on uh, one time, and I think our kids were like in high school. And, and I, my daughter, Sophia, uh, she's just really kind of a direct, real, speaks real plain, straight shooter. And, and she made this comment, and it just cut me. She said, I I like vacation dad the best. I knew what she meant. She said, I like vacation dad the best because vacation dad is fun and joyous. But what she was saying is, dad the rest of the time, I don't know if he's really as light, he's not as lighthearted and fun loving when we're not on vacation. And that was really just kind of a, a gut check for me. Because I, I want to be that same guy. I want vacation dad and, you know, work day dad to be the same dad. Not this, that something's different in me when I'm on vacation. How's your joy? Are, are, you, are you choosing joy? The, the longer that I'm a pastor of this church, I want to be joyous about my church. I want to be excited about my church. I, I want to be, uh, uh, the, the, the more I'm walking with Jesus, I want joy just to be like ooze out of me. I'm not there, but, but, but I'm choosing that. That's, that's what I want. And, and so I want to put Jesus first, other second, and myself third. You know, uh, there needs to be increase of joy in my life, in your life. That's what Jesus plans. Listen, we're all going to deal with negativity. We're all going to, if you have any level of responsibility, uh, leadership at all in your, any area of your life, you're going to deal with the critics. You're going to deal with the negativity. And that's why we've got to choose joy. Even this week, I had someone just dump a bucket of criticism and negativity over my, I mean, just a wave of negativity and criticism personally on me and, and and I had to make two choices number one I'm going to forgive like we talked about last week I, I'm going to I choose to forgive the, the the pain that you caused the hurt to my soul I forgive and then the second was I'm not going to dwell on that negativity the critical spirit I'm going to choose joy and it's a choice that we make and as soon as we Jesus, you're first. I'm casting that care on you. I'm putting you first, other second, myself third, and I'm giving you those cares and concerns from, from what was said, what I heard, what was spoken. Then we choose joy, and we can really experience joy. So, so four ways that I think that are real important about life-giving choice of joy. Here's the first one. Life-changing joy is from the inside out. Life-changing joy is from the inside out. Look at the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. Now listen, the longer you're walking with Jesus, this is supposed to be more a description of who you are as a, as a, as a person, as a Christian. 
but the fruit of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit's in my life. I'm not talking about a church attender. I'm talking about a real 24-karat gold, legit Christian. The fruit of your life and my life is supposed to be that the Spirit brings love, joy. It's the second on the list. Love and then joy. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I mean, that's a whole other sermon, but we're supposed to become more and more gentle the longer we walk with Jesus. Gentle, self-control against such things there is no law. And let me point this out. No, not only is joy the second on the list of the fruit of the Spirit, but look at what joy is sandwiched between love and peace. If you don't have joy in your life, you can't love people the way you're supposed to, and you can't have the peace that God wants you and I to have that passes all circumstances and situations, all understanding if we're not walking in joy. It's, it's, a, it's a sandwich. Joy is sandwiched between love and peace. So how's your joy? How's your joy? It comes from the inside out. It has nothing to do with circumstances or situations that we're going through or current events. That's what happiness is. Happiness is happenstance. It's, it's a hyphenated, really abbreviated word. Happenstance, circumstantial. That's what happiness is. This happened, that brought me this good, positive feeling. That's not joy. Joy comes from the inside out by the Holy Spirit. Love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, and it goes on and on and on. Life-changing joy is from the inside out. Here's the second thing. Life-changing joy is beyond our circumstances. Kind of already started talking about that. Life-changing joy is beyond our circumstances. I love this, Psalm 19, verse 8. It says, the precepts of the Lord, that's the law of God, the, the way of God, the words of God, the will of God, the precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. How about that? So many times, you know, maybe we're reading uh, through the Bible or we're hearing somebody teach or preach about on the Bible and we're like, man, that's hard. I don't know if that can do that. Uh, that's gonna be too tough. You know, God just wants to steal my fun. He's a cosmic killjoy. No, it's the exact opposite. That when we walk in God's way, it gives joy to our heart. When we choose not what I want, but I'm going to obey what God wants me to do, what God has said in his word, his instruction manual, his playbook, the Bible. It gives joy to my heart. It's the byproduct of obedience to God is joy. And it has nothing to do with what's going on around me. It's when I do the right thing because of my love for Jesus, it brings joy in my heart not based on the circumstances. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Here, here's the third thing about life-changing joy. Life-changing joy is with others. We, we experience it with others, not, not by ourselves, not all alone. There's, there's no way, there's no joy on the path to me, myself, and I. I, I mean, if anything, in, in 2020, we experienced that with a lot of the, the isolation that, that so many of us felt uh, there's no joy in that. I mean, even if you're an introvert, uh, it was, it was kind of joyous for the first week, maybe even 10 days. But man, when it got on to month three, there ain't no joy in that at all. 
We were made, we're relational people. And, and, and joy, life change and joy is found with others. That's why, that's why we have valley groups here because for your spiritual health and benefit, and they're open right now for sign up. You can check out our website uh, right there. Just go to the group's little uh, card, little uh, button graphic on the homepage and take you right over there. And there are a number of groups that we have that are launching over the next few weeks here uh, because life is better connected. You experience joy. Uh, have you ever had something happen in your life uh, that's really exciting? Uh, you know, so maybe you got great news or something, but you're all by yourself. And it's like, huh. But then you tell a friend, and they're rejoicing with you. See, jo- joy is, is, is a shared thing. It, it's not just me, myself, and I all by myself on an island. Uh, as pleasant as an island may sound right now in January in, in New York. But, uh, but joy is meant to be with others. So I, I hope you, if you're not already a part of a valley group, you'll sign up because uh, they are filling up quite quickly. Uh, look at John 15, what Jesus said about joy with others. John 15, verse 10, Jesus said, When you obey my commandments, you remain in my love. There it is, remember love again. Just as I obey my Father's commandments and remain in his love. I have told you these things, what? Remain in my love, obey my commandments, I've told you these things so that you will be filled with joy. Obey my commandments. Love the way I've showed you. And you know what's going to happen? You'll be filled with joy. When you, and, and it's not just loving, vague, and love your fellow man. It's about relationship. You'll be filled with joy, and then it goes on and it says, Jesus speaking, yes, your joy will overflow when you love one another. Relationship. That's where you find joy. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. And do you know what you experience when you love one another, when you love in relationship, when you love other brothers and sisters in Christ? Joy. Joy. It's not individual. It's meant to be shared. We experience it together, and your joy will be full. So, so here's a question. How full is your joy? Is your joy overflowing to people around you? Is that how full you are with joy? I don't know that, I, I, I don't know that that's me. That's who I want to be. That's who I'm choosing to be today. That your joy may be full. Love one another. Here's the fourth and final thing I think is so important about joy. Life-changing joy is life-changing joy wins. In the end, it wins. You can't stomp it out because it's not based on circumstances or situations. Keep your eyes on Jesus, then on others, then myself, and I'll have joy. And, and this is so powerful Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10. Boy, this is one of those, you just want to commit this to memory. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Do you, do you know why so many, so many Christians are struggling today? Because their focus is not on Jesus. And they're not receiving the joy that he wants them to have as their strength. The joy of the Lord gives us strength that we can walk through anything. We can walk through 
everything that this world has to deal, everything this world throws at us, because the joy of the Lord is our strength, and we will shine like light in the middle of darkness. So critically important. You know, so this is the finale of, of our New Year's message series, New Year, New You. And, and I've got a little piece of confetti left over from, from New Year's Eve. And, uh, you know, for, for too many of us, we, we, we think we can have joy on our own. And it's like this, whoopee! Isn't that great? Don't, don't you just feel the warm fuzzies tingling all over? That, that's not what joy is supposed to be. Joy is with others. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy wins when, when we are committed and connected to other Christians. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, and we're, not in it on, we're not in it all by ourselves. Instead, uh, our lives are really more like this. And I know this is going to work. I'm just going to keep on twisting it. See, now that's a lot more joyous, isn't it? And I was afraid I was going to look at it and it was going to pop me in the face. And that wouldn't have been joyous at all. That would have been a bloody mess and my nose broken and, and all that. So thank you, Lord, that didn't happen. But, but joy, single piece of confetti, that's no joy. That's not the way God meant for you to live your life, that you're a single piece of confetti. But it's, it, it's when you're together, when you're in close proximity, when you're sharing your life with others, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Choose joy in 2021. How's your joy? I don't know about you, but I need more joy. I don't know what's ahead in the future, but I do know what God is saying to us right here in the present, and he already sees what's ahead, and he knows it. And he put this passage, this, this message on my heart today to share. So I think we're probably going to have some reasons that we're going to have to really choose joy. It's not going to come easy. But I want to choose joy. That, that my joy would be multiplied. And that I'd find strength of the Lord through joy. Not by myself in isolation, but connected relationally with other Christians choosing joy. I'm going to ask right now, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for the practicality of your word, Lord, that, that really joy is a choice that we make. It, it, it is literally a life-changing choice. And God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would just remind us over and over and over again throughout this year Lord, not only to decide to forgive like we talked about last week, but then also choose joy. That, that your Holy Spirit would cultivate that love, that joy, that peace, that forbearance in our lives. And that at the end of 2021, each and every one of us would look more like Jesus because he's our primary focus and then our secondary focus is on others. And then we're third. Jesus first, others second. And then myself third. Thank you, Lord, 
that you hear our prayer today. In Jesus' name, amen.